Chapter Five of A Soldier of the Legion by George Mannington. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Five, Part One: An Execution, A Rebel Chieftain, A Bid for Liberty, Denam's Mistake, Linny Speaks, A New Road to Tainian, In the Enemy's Country, A Sharp Encounter, Cho Trang, The Fever Fiend, In the Hospital, Quang Yin the five prisoners captured with Ligny were executed the first week in august they had been tried and condemned by the native mandarins entrusted with the administration of justice these functionaries had come over on purpose from back in great state and the execution took place in an open space in front of our fort we supplied a guard and piquet for the occasion none of the rebels had given any information although it was whispered that the native judges had submitted them to torture during their interrogation we had no means of controlling these rumors for each morning the prisoners were handed over to the native police and they were returned at night and although they slept in the fort it was forbidden to communicate with them from their appearance and evident exhaustion i should be inclined to think they had suffered maltreatment there would be nothing very surprising in this for according to the native code of justice such methods were not only recommended but were actually indicated it is certain that the rebels showed no mercy to the loyal natives or french soldiers they captured alive fortunately it was rarely indeed that any of the latter fell into their hands and subsequently it was destined that i should witness shocking proofs of the terrible cruelty they were capable of employing it is therefore probable that the native judges made use of all the powers afforded them by the law of the land and did not employ european methods for which most likely they possessed supreme contempt the execution was carried out in a very simple and expeditious manner when a rectangular space had been cleared and lined by the troops the two mandarins dressed in robes of embroidered silk of which the dominant colors were red and gold their long hair neatly rolled in a new crepon turban took up a position in the middle of one side of the square and facing the centre behind them were massed their retainers bannermen carried tattered triangular flags and coolies bore aloft enormous umbrellas two to each official whereon were painted in bright colors a quaint design of dragons and griffins each mandarin was also accompanied by a sword-bearer a pipe-bearer and a domestic to whose care was confided a black lacquered box containing the areca nut and beetle-leaf of his master they formed a dirty motley crowd without order or cohesion clad in shabby tattered scarlet uniforms and they laughed chatted or squabbled one with the other like a pack of old fishwives they subsided into comparative silence however on the appearance of captain plessier our commander who occupied the place of honour a little in advance of the two judges the prisoners were now brought into the enclosure under the escort of a few Lindy soldiers of the mandarin guard whose dirty green uniforms and still dirtier rifles and accoutrements were certain proofs of their slovenly and undisciplined habits 
behind the little procession formed by the condemned men stalked the executioner a tall native dressed in a red embroidered vest and black silk pantaloons upon his shoulder he carried a heavy curved sword about three feet long and a good deal broader at the end than near the handle the five rebels their hands tied behind them walked to their death without any tremor or hesitation chatting together merrily they threw curious glances at their surroundings and expectorated from time to time with evident unconcern the red juice of the beetle leaf they were chewing they were lined up separated about four paces one from the other on the opposite side of the square occupied by the authorities and facing them as each of the prisoners reached the place assigned to him a native soldier unbuttoned and turned back the collar of the rebel's vest then one after the other they knelt upon the grass taking every care that their position should be as comfortable as the circumstances would allow the sentence having been read aloud to the assembled natives the executioner after thrusting his finger into his mouth traced a wet line of red beetle-juice across the back of the neck of the first of his victims about half an inch above the last big vertebra stepping back a pace he swung aloft his heavy sword with both hands it poised a second in the air there was a glitter in the bright sunlight as it descended then a swishing sound and a dull thud the head of the first rebel detached with a single blow fell on the ground and rolled once over from the severed neck a rich red stream shot out quite six feet over the grass the body rocked once and subsided gently bending over it the executioner touched the open arteries and smeared a little of the warm blood over his own lips as a charm against any evil influence from the spirit of the departed the other prisoners who had watched the execution of their comrade with evident interest made flattering remarks concerning the skill of the swordsman the next to die smiled and prepared himself calmly stretching his neck as far forward as it was possible for him to do without losing his balance i felt deadly sick and could not bring myself to watch the succeeding decapitations which were carried out with similar skill and expedition the bodies of the condemned were handed over to their families but their heads attached to the top of a tall bamboo pole were exposed at the entrance of the fort as an example to all rebels the authorities had decided not to hurry on the trial of ligny in the hope that they would eventually succeed in obtaining information from him he was interrogated during several days by the two mandarins who failed however to extract the slightest indication of the strength of the enemy or the whereabouts of their positions after the departure of these functionaries our commander made several attempts with the aid of to as an interpreter to break through the reserve of the chieftain but without success the treatment accorded him was a humane one his diet was unstinted and his parents an aged white-haired couple were allowed to visit him as often as they chose during the daytime his wife for so the woman whom we had found with him proved to be remained constantly by him and attended to all his wants to one privation only was he submitted and that was the want of opium 
on this point our captain was obdurate and though ligny who was well supplied with money offered to purchase the drug his craving was not allowed satisfaction to all his entreaties the same reply was given speak tell us what we ask of you and you shall have opium the very best at our expense only those who have witnessed the powerful hold the subtle drug takes on its votaries can imagine the torture endured by this native during the hours at which he had accustomed himself to indulge in his passion these agonies occurring shortly after the noon and evening meals would commence by protracted yawnings and develop into spasmodic nervous contractions of the body and limbs which broke into profuse perspiration unable to stand the strain the unhappy victim of the brilliant hued but treacherous flower or rather its seed would entreat his guards to supply him with the smallest particle at no matter what price then finding that his supplications were without avail he would break into a torrent of invective and malediction which grew in intensity and filthiness as his increasing and impotent rage neared its climax then speechless and foaming at the mouth he would fall back on the hard beaten clay floor of the veranda with mouth agape and black eyes fixed staring at the roof above his face pale yellow framed in the thick tangled mass of long black hair escaped from his fallen turban his chest would heave and crack under the short sharp pants which brought the air through the larynx with a whistling hiss thus would he continue for perhaps an hour until exhausted by the struggle he would fall into a sound sleep from which he would awake refreshed and smiling to laugh and chat with his guards his wife or parents if they happened to be present had there been any danger to ligny during these attacks i believe that opium or some anaesthetic would have been administered to him by our surgeon m joly who on several occasions was present during these crises on the twenty second august our prisoner made a daring bid for liberty during the night he had succeeded in picking the lock which secured the two heavy beams forming the stocks wherein his ankles were imprisoned at four in the morning profiting by the fact that the native sentry was slumbering though the soldier denied this and attributed the chieftain's escape to the miraculous ligny made a dash for the palisade and was astride it when a native sergeant who had heard the rattling of the bamboo ran to the spot from whence the sound came and succeeded in grasping a leg of the escaping rebel to which he clung shouting the while for help a few seconds later the prisoner was brought back and secured and the doctor attended to his wounds for he had been almost impaled during his struggle by the pointed bamboo poles of the palisade shortly after this incident a terrible tragedy occurred which brought about a complete change in the attitude of our prisoner and eventually made him a devoted partisan of the french cause ligny had enemies in the rebel camp and one of these desirous of taking over his honours and command informed denam that the captive limbien had succumbed to pressure and had given information to the french he also provided evidence which was false to substantiate his declaration 
Enraged at the apparent weakness of one of his most trusted lieutenants, the rebel chief decided to make an example, and he gave orders for the immediate seizure and execution of Ligny's aged parents. The details of this drama, which I obtained from Tho, were confirmed by documents captured later from the rebels. I had an opportunity of perusing them while serving on the staff of the 1st Brigade some months later. At daylight on the morning of the 28th August, the European sentry at the gate of Na Nam found a basket which had been deposited outside during the night. On being opened, it was found to contain two heads and a letter addressed to our prisoner. It is unnecessary to give further explanation or to describe in morbid details the reception of this strange parcel by the unfortunate Lin Yi certain it is that its effect was immediate for that very evening i saw our ci-devant rebel who had just returned from a long interview with our commander under the veranda his former prison where he was squatting side by side with to with whom he was engaged in a most friendly conversation whilst with some damp clay and split bamboo he was constructing with nimble fingers neat little models of the different fortified positions belonging to his chief of yesterday from that time forward he was allowed all the opium he cared to smoke and though for his own safety he preferred to remain in the fort during several weeks he was liberated and lodgings were assigned to his wife in the native soldiers village Ligny now became a scout and guide to the French columns, and as such he rendered immense services to the authorities, concerning which more will be mentioned hereafter. Eventually he was made a Mandarin, and is now a local prefect of a district formerly overrun by rebellion. He and To became fast friends, and from their evening talks, when the black smoke hung thick under the thatch, I was able to derive much amusement and some knowledge. Owing to information furnished by Nhi, the authorities decided to reconnoitre a road which had not been visited by French troops since 1886, when a column under Major Duguin went by it from Ten Dao, the old name for Nha Nam, to Tai Nguyen, an important town situated on the Sung Khao River, about twenty miles as the crow flies to the northwest of Nha Nam this road had probably been constructed several centuries before but owing to the depopulation of the districts through which it passed and also to its proximity to the forest-covered mountainous region to the south it was now but a path which in some places completely disappeared in the ever-advancing jungle from a military point of view the reconnaissance of this route was of the greatest importance since should it be found practicable to infantry it would be possible to make use of it when the time served as the means of advance for a column destined to attack the enemy's position on the right flank at Tai Nguyen there was a garrison consisting of two companies of the Foreign Legion, one of native infantry, a section of mountain artillery, and a detachment of militia. My squad formed part of the small column which left Nha Nam on the 4th of September at five in the morning to explore this road. Though it had been supposed that the distance to be covered would not exceed twenty-five miles, we actually marched close upon thirty-five before reaching our destination. 
at intervals we were obliged to cut our way through the vegetation which had invaded the track and it was only by using the utmost care that our little party succeeded in keeping in the right direction on several occasions we disturbed big herds of deer which scampered away on our approaching them the tracks of tigers were frequently visible and once the advance guard consisting of half a dozen tirailleurs were considerably startled by the presence of a fine python which lay basking in the sun close by the track it was only after several stones had been thrown at it that the big snake decided on withdrawing into the long grass owing to the advisability of concealing our movements from the enemy it was deemed necessary not to make use of firearms on this occasion the men suffered much owing to the extreme heat the path was in the worst of conditions and we were obliged to twice ford a river which though not very deep was exceedingly rapid so that our expedition proved to be a very arduous one to all who took part in it it was nearly eight p m and quite dark when we reached our destination and several of the men fell exhausted whilst waiting in the ranks for a hut to be prepared for us to pass the night in tai nguyen possessed a fine citadel of the vauban style which was built in seventeen ninety eight and it was in this that the garrison dwelt the town and its neighborhood was at this time infested by tigers which prowled about the streets after dark so that it was imprudent for the inhabitants to go out without a torch or a light of some kind so great was the voracity and daring of these animals that on several occasions they had penetrated into the citadel and carried off dogs and goats belonging to the garrison indeed the doctor by an extraordinary stroke of good luck killed one with a revolver shot as it was groping under his bed in search of a favorite pointer which had taken refuge there report had it that the lucky slayer of this greedy feline was so excited by his good fortune that he was found more dead than alive by the guard who ran to the hut on hearing the report of the weapon he lost his dog however for the poor animal was found to be quite dead its skull crushed beneath the powerful paw of its enemy our column having proved that the road explored could if necessary serve as a means of penetration into the enemy's country left tan nguyen on its return journey the next day at four p m Liptay had been in charge of the topographical work during our exploration, and his sketch of the route so pleased Major Berard, who commanded our battalion and was also in charge of the military zone, that my chum was detained at Tai Nguyen and attached to the staff there. I was very sorry to lose him, but for his sake was glad of this change in his prospects, as his new position brought with it a greater chance of promotion our party did not return to nha nam by the same route it had come but took a better known and more frequented track passing more to the south through a district more populated and consequently better cultivated on our way back we slept one night at kasong tuang a small fort garrisoned by a detachment of militia under the orders of a european officer we continued our journey the following morning and reached nha nam at six p m 
owing to the fact that the military authorities were now in possession of reliable information concerning the rebel strength and positions orders were issued by the brigade for reconnaissances to be made from time to time into the district north of our fort with a view to exploring the region and obtaining topographical sketches of the country to be used in the production of a reliable map for the use of the officers who were to assist in the big column which the government had decided to put in the field during the winter months i took part in the first of these little expeditions on the twelfth september the object of which was to determine whether the tracks to long tuong a rebel village which had not been visited since january was still accessible to infantry and also to see if the hamlet was inhabited and fortified we started out from nha nam at three in the afternoon as it was not intended to make any attack on the enemy should they be in force our detachment was a weak one composed only of thirty legionaries and as many tirailleurs in order to make things easy for the europeans for the heat was very oppressive we were instructed to take with us only the six packets of ammunition contained in our belt pouches thirty-six rounds fortunately for us all the tirailleurs who accompanied us started with a hundred and twenty rounds per man we arrived within a quarter of a mile of our destination which was about a league and a half to the north of our position without incident the fields were well cultivated and the rice was being harvested but on our approach the reapers all women fled with loud cries towards the hamlet it is probable that the suspicions of captain plessier were aroused for by his order we left the path extended and advanced towards the village across the cultivated ground a small reserve remaining upon the track under the orders of lieutenant bennett when about two hundred yards from the position we were received by a hot fire from a strong party of the enemy occupying the hamlet our line halted and took cover by kneeling behind the little embankments which separated one field from the other from here we replied to the rebels but a few minutes later were exposed to a severe cross-fire coming from the left flank and in less time than it takes to describe a tirailleur was killed and two others and one legionary were wounded the enemy who took part in this flanking movement were some of de nam's regulars who came from their entrenched positions in the forest having been summoned to assist by their friends in the village who for this purpose made use of long copper speaking trumpets the weird bellowings of which we could hear above the reports of the rifles and the repeated words of command our reserve had extended on our left at right angles to our line but its fire failed to keep the enemy in check and very soon we could distinguish their skirmishers as they advanced in line at regular intervals dropping now and again on one knee to discharge their rifles at us the situation was getting too warm to be pleasant and most of the legionaries having expended their slender stock of ammunition it was found necessary to distribute among us the cartridges of the men who had been placed hors de combat and also to take a few packets from each of the native infantrymen thanks to the wall-like ridges behind which we lay we suffered no further casualties but our cartridges were getting scarcer each minute and we felt that should any of the enemy succeed in getting out of the village by an exit which might possibly exist 
other than the door before us there would be a possibility of an attack on our right flank and consequently a danger of the road to nha nam being closed to us it was very soon found necessary to restrict the efforts of the native troops to volley firing for notwithstanding the repeated efforts of their french sergeants they expended their ammunition with reckless extravagance when acting independently the majority of them not waiting to select a suitable target or to aim carefully just loosed off into space happy so long as the excitement created by the report of their rifle and the smell of their burning powder stayed their rising fears this was the first time i had seen our captain under fire and it was a supreme satisfaction to me to note that his attitude came up in every respect to the descriptions given me by my comrades senior to myself in the service calm and collected he had an eye for every detail and seemed to foresee each new development in the situation he was never a man of many words and now he spoke only to give some short crisp order to the bugler or to a non-commissioned officer though he happened that day to be dressed in a suit of white drill he was the only one among us who took no cover and was in consequence the target for many a rebel rifle as he walked coolly up and down behind the line of our crouching figures his helmet cocked over his right ear a cigarette between his lips flicking his leggings every now and again with the cane he carried he seemed to defy death itself this attitude inspired his men with enthusiastic confidence and every legionary present would have hailed with joy an order from him to fix bayonets and charge right at the enemy the action had lasted but a few minutes when the order to retreat by echelons was given the object of the reconnaissance had been accomplished for it was clear that the track followed was accessible and also that the village was occupied in force as an outpost and under the circumstances it would have been a culpable breach of the art of war a wanton invitation to disaster to have continued the engagement our retirement was not effected without some difficulty for the enemy showed considerable daring and initiative in harassing our retreat and our progress was slow because we were embarrassed by our dead and wounded some difficulty was also experienced by the french sergeants in keeping their tirailleurs in hand and it was undoubtedly due to their efforts and also to the example of cool steadiness displayed by the legionaries that our withdrawal was saved from degenerating into a total sauve qui peut it was found necessary to tell off men of my corps to bear away our comrades who were hors de combat for the native troops were too plainly victims to shattered nerves to bear the strain of this task under fire this somewhat reduced the strength of our little firing line which however received some assistance from lieutenant bennett who picked up a rifle and downed several of our eager pursuers for he was a first-class marksman the enemy abandoned their attack when we were about a mile from nha nam but it was a band of tired and thirsty men that reached the shelter of our position that evening at seven warned by our captain who had galloped on ahead of us as soon as all danger had ceased the guard turned out and rendered the usual honors to the dead and wounded as they were borne through the gate of the fort 
The wounded were at once attended to in the infirmary, and were transferred under escort the next morning to the hospital at Phulang Thuong. On the day following our engagement, the whole garrison turned out under arms to assist at the funeral of the tirailleur who had been killed. He was buried in the small, well-kept cemetery, situated just below the slope to the northwest of our position. The French people have had at all times a great respect for their dead, and their soldiers who lot it has been to lay down their life, au champ d'honneur, as they so eloquently express it, have always received their full share of the respect paid to the departed. In France there exists a fund known as l'oeuvre des tombes, subscribed to by thousands of the charitable public, and the money thus obtained is expended on the hundreds of far-away colonial graveyards, which are kept in excellent order, and in erecting an iron cross bearing the name and corps of the deceased over the last resting-place of each soldier of the Republic who falls in fight or dies of disease. This is done without restriction of race or religion. I went to see Tho that evening and found Ligny with him. They both amused me by their evident regret at not having assisted in the engagement of the previous day. The little sergeant's complaints were based on plain, unsatisfied bloodthirstiness. Those of my ex-rebel friend clearly originated in that spirit of unslakable vengeance which only an Asiatic can acquire. It was instructive to note how they, after each pipe of opium, built fresh plans and devised new methods for the merciless slaughter of their enemies. From them I learnt that a spy had come in during the day with information that De Tom, the most capable of all the rebel military leaders, had been in command of the troops that had attacked us, and that this famous captain, for whom they evidently cherished much hate, and a good deal of reluctant admiration, had been severely wounded towards the end of the fight, his left arm having been shattered by a bullet just below the shoulder. This proved to be a fact. I met the famous chieftain in 1897, when he was a partisan of the French, and the crippled state of his limb, due no doubt to the elementary treatment of the wound by the native medicine man, was an evident proof of it. I passed many pleasant evenings with To and Nhi, who would favor me with stories of war and love, legends of ancient origin, in which the actors were demigods, dragons, and genie, and strange fables full of local color, replete with quaint proverbs and philosophical axioms dear to the disciples of Confucius. Unfortunately, I was soon to be deprived of the real pleasure obtained from these foregatherings, for my section received orders to proceed to Cho Trang, and I was thus immediately separated from my two friends. It was not without some regret that I accepted this hazard of a soldier's life, against which one should not murmur, and I was really sorry that the opportunity afforded me for the study of the complex characteristics of To and Yi should have been such a brief one. End of chapter 5, part 1